Hello, Makers and Minnesota friends and fans. We have a whiskey dinner coming up featuring Keeper's Heart Whiskey made right here in Minneapolis at the O'Shaughnessy Distilling Company. Started by cousins and lifelong friends Patrick and Michael O'Shaughnessy, they both had a vision to make whiskeys worthy of their rich Irish-American heritage. Helmed by world-renowned master distiller Brian Nation, they set about building a state-of-the-art distillery in Minneapolis to produce world-class whiskeys and serve as a source of pride for their Irish community. At their distillery, the magic of whiskey making begins with three triple copper pots, where they make American whiskey in the traditional Irish triple distillation style. Their flagship offering, Keeper's Heart Irish American Whiskey, is the first whiskey to blend the very best of Irish and American distilling traditions to deliver a truly unique and remarkable taste experience. At this dinner, you'll taste each of the components that make up Keeper's Heart Irish Whiskey, paired with food courses prepared by Nick O'Leary, the Lexington's heralded chef. Like Makers of Minnesota's dinners in the past, I'll be hosting, but we'll be joined by O'Shaughnessy Distillery's master distiller, Brian Nation, who will walk us through each course and help us appreciate this American-Irish whiskey made right here in Minnesota. So join us February 15th at the Lexington for a post-Valentine's Day celebration with Keeper's Heart American Whiskey. We'll be the exclusive diners in the restaurant for the evening, and you'll mingle with me and toast your fellow whiskey lovers. We'll have a limited number of tickets for this special night, and when they're gone, they're gone. So go to thelexmn.com and sign up via Eventbrite for their Makers of Minnesota Keeper's Heart Whiskey Dinner and Tasting on February 15th. Again, get your tickets now at thelexmn.com. and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And my next guest did a really cool thing. His, Him and his family and his team were able to change some of the liquor laws in the state of Minnesota so that we can experience a craft brewing renaissance, really like very few other states have, I think. Uh, welcome to the program, Omar Ansari, the owner and founder of Surly Brewing. Yeah, thanks for having me today. It's great to have you. I um I was talking to a friend of mine and I don't know how it came up that we were going to have you on I was going to have you on the show. But she was telling me how she was at some event somewhere a couple of years ago before COVID and she was having a drink and she met this guy and he was talking about his crazy son and how he you know came to her one day or came to him one day and said, "Dad, I want to start a brewery." And they were laughing and it turned out it was you, my friend. And your dad was telling the whole story about how you started the brewery and how proud he was of you. Funny. Yeah. That's, you know, it's a family business. That's I grew up working with my mom and dad at our little shop in Brooklyn center where the original Surly brewery is. So it's kind of a crazy path to get from, uh, you know, from, from me growing up working with them in the, in the summer and tagging along with the weekends to kind of coming up with this idea and, uh, turn into anything way bigger than any of us see myself anyone would have ever guessed yeah and really that i mean it's a testament to you guys were able to help change some of the laws at the legislature so that people could 
produce and own um, breweries uh, that were more than just craft uh, beer halls, as it were? Well, and- really, the big the big change on that was, you know, you know, when we opened, there were really no breweries. It was just Summit here in the Twin Cities. And then the big change that got made was that we were able to sell someone a pint of beer. So, um, you know, we used to give away beer for free during tours, which is great, but hard to get a bank to give you a loan on that model. So, you know, kind of getting that surly bill or tap room bill change is really what it was. Kind of we've seen this explosion of um, tap rooms and breweries across Minnesota. A lot of that's just because breweries can sell a glass of beer, which really is kind of important to the model. <laughs> well, and your location was one of the first things over in sort of, we'll call it the Malcolm Yard sort of area. I work at KSTP and you were kind of behind us along the bus line there. And now we have O'Shaughnessy Distilling and Malcolm Yards and you guys and Fresh Time is built and there's a bunch of apartments. So you've really started the movement of a whole neighborhood too, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, we were, um, I worked with some some folks, a uh, company by the name of Tegra to help me find find a spot to put the brewery. And we looked over 80 spots and, uh, you know, that was that part of the city, uh, that Malcolm Yards Prospect Park area was pretty derelict and a lot of rundown buildings and not a great spot. And, uh, you know, I remember the, um, we talked to a banker and we told him, you know, th- there's a lot of challenges with the area because it was a brownfield. So it was contaminated and we had yep. to tear stuff down and poor soils. And he just looked at us and he goes, that's the best you got <laughs> after looking at 80 properties. But I, I think those, those guys at Tever really just kind of helped us see that it was really a diamond in the rough. And, you know, if we could deal with some of the environmental issues, knowing that the green line was five minute walk away it was going to come around. Like it was just, you know, um, kind of knowing the way we, uh, what the future was going to take. It was going to become an area that was going to become, um, up and coming. And, uh, I think one of the last open parcels of land is getting two uh, apartment buildings put on uh, going up just starting now, right next to, uh, the food, the food hall. Um, Surly festival field has been a fun place to see shows too. You guys were kind of just getting going and then the pandemic, the the pandemic has impacted people in so many ways. And you guys, I think there's this perception that all the liquor folks are just rolling in the dough because the retail locations have been up, some of them 12 to 20%. But what they miss when they think about that is how much restaurant sales and bar sales have mitigated uh, some of that, but there's no way it can catch up. So can you just give like the listener a perspective of what it is like to be one of the top three brewers in, in Minnesota and what that feels like in a pandemic? Well, it's been horrible, I guess is probably the best way to put it. You know, uh, you're right. Uh, liquor store sales have been up, um, you know, 10% maybe, but when you get rid of almost a hundred percent of your, you know, your beer hall, your brewery sales, you know, almost a hundred percent of your look of your bar sales, you know, walk around Minneapolis, St. Paul, downtowns, like it's, it's not a lot of, there's not a lot of action. You know, that's kind of where we've traditionally sold most of our draft beer, keg beer is to bars and restaurants. And, you know, many of them are struggling. Many of them have closed. Um, you know, we had to close the beer hall last, um, no, uh, October, uh, cause we just weren't going to be able to make it over the winter with, uh, only, I think at that point it was a 200 person cap and there was just no way to make it work. So it has been really hard. It's been hard on our team. You know, we've laid a lot of 
not just the beer hall staff and they've come back. Um, but you know, we're still way down in our offices. We probably have half the number of people because you know, there's no one for doing tours. There's no one doing events. Uh, I mean, we're just down a lot of people still. And, you know, we are still optimistically planning for what's going to happen. Um, uh, that that's, you know, we're, we're not in a good spot now, but our, I think like a lot of people, we are optimistic that it's going to turn around once again, with everything COVID, right? The goalposts keep moving. So it seems like we were hoping things are going to go bananas this last summer and they were good, but not great. And then Omicron's kind of taken another whack at things and, and bars and restaurants have really slowed down again. So now it's like, well, let's hope that we get going in the spring. So um, it's really a testament to a lot of the uh, the people that work here. Um, people have really kept great attitudes going in the midst of some pretty, pretty hard times. I, I will say too, you know, you make some really incredible beer and the innovation that has still continued to happen with the breweries is pretty amazing. You know, you guys have really ridden the sour wave, the juicy, hazy wave, the seltzer wave. It's, I think, brought so much more people into the culture and into the product lines. And yet it's like every time you take a step forward, you're pushed back too. I, I feel for all of you and I feel for the hospitality industry. I really am hoping that we're kind of burning this virus out by infecting as many people as we can right now and that we get to the summer and I don't know that we can get to back to going to concerts and having a beer outside and no, absolutely and I, I mean you know Stephanie part of it is people going back to work I mean we've got a lot of accounts that you know the, they depend on people being downtown and going out and grabbing a beer or food after dinner and like that's part of what we all do too so um, you know, things aren't going to be the same um, probably until some of that returns. And, you know, the world, the, I think we all know the working world has changed a bit, right? Um, so it's just going to, we'll, we'll adjust to what whatever we got. So uh, um, it's, uh, but yeah, it sure would be great to have COVID behind us, but, uh, or at least behind us in a manner that it's slowing things down or shutting things down. But that has been, you know, since last March, was it last March or the March before? Last two marches ago. We're it's coming little, up on two years. The COVID haze, right? It's just literally like every week, every day, try and figure out what to do the best, you know, the best you can for your employees and the business. Have you had COVID yet? <laughs> yeah, I had it. Uh, I got it two weeks ago. Okay. So That's about when I got of, it too. Lost my sense of taste and smell last Sun Saturday and it's coming back a bit. Um, so yeah, I, about everyone in my house got it. I mean, it's definitely Omicron is just tearing through things. Yeah, we um, did too. And it was so, I, I, I mean, I, I don't mean to sound insensitive because I know a lot of people have died and that this has just been a horrible illness for many, but it was also sort of weird to have been so scared of something for two years, you know, double boosted, vaxxed and not going places and sure. really altering my lifestyle in so many ways. And then at Christmas, got it, gave it to everyone that came to my, I had six of the seven of us got it that came to dinner. We had all tested negative that day. You know, we were trying to be prudent and smart. And then we all got it. And it wasn't, you know, horrible. It wasn't great. We had a couple of days and not feeling great and a lot of tired and fatigue. 
And I said to a friend, I was like, in some ways, I'm the most rested I've ever been. Because for 10 days, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't go anywhere. All I did was just sleep and watch Netflix. But it feels so like terrible when it's all said and done, because it's like, wow, is this the thing that we're running from? And I don't know anymore. I'm so confused because I know the virus has changed. I know that people being vaccinated and boosted has helped you know, weather it, but it's all just so weird when you look at the just total cost of business, the cost to the entrepreneurs, the cost to um, families and employees, you know, my sister's in hospitality and it's just, it's brutal out there. And also people are just losing their damn minds. They, in terms of they're frustrated, they lack civility, they are having great mental illness problems. It's just going to be, I wonder how long it's going to take us to come out of it. Like, will it be 10 years? Yeah, I mean, it's just things are different, right? I mean, I've got some friends in in the um, uh, hospital world, and I mean, boy, that's yeah. I mean, right, they're calling in the army to help out. I mean, it's. Do you have kids in school? Pardon me. Do you have kids in school? Yeah, yeah, they went back. They have not. uh, They, you know, all my kids got sick, so they were home for a while, but they're all back now. So, um, did you have uh, to do distance learning? um, They've not. The school is really doing its best to try and hold the line, but yeah. I think we all can see what's coming. But I don't know. Maybe we've gotten through it. You know, we um, had it uh, um, in the brewery a little bit in the hospitality, and you know, we kind of got through the last couple weekends. And, we've, and I'm hoping, you know, knock on wood, that's sort of maybe the worst of it. And some of the people that got it will be coming back now and kind of probably in the clear for three months. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get through it and get beer, get bags of beer. That's right. <laughs> so you reopened your pizza shop too. Yeah, yeah. So the food, the beer hall is open. Pizza is open. The event center is not open yet. Obviously, um, this event's kind of tough right now. But uh, yeah, pizza is open. So um, we're excited to you know have people coming back in, and um, you know we've certainly got plenty of space, uh, which has always been one of our claims to fame, right? With a big beer hall, so a lot of yeah. space for people to spread out. And pizza has been been doing great. So um, yeah, we're 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 back at it. How do you think the event business will change other than, you know, it's right now, it's like you can't have events. And if you have events, they're small. Do you think that we'll get back to large events again as soon as people feel like it's safe? Yeah, I I think for sure. I think there's a kind of a human desire to do that, right? To gather, to, to get together with employees. I mean, you know, we ourselves, one of our biggest challenges the last two years is we haven't had company meetings, you know, like it's not good for culture not to be able to meet. It's not good not to be able to sit down and have a beer with your, a beer with your employees or coworkers, you know, like just doing things on zoom. I mean, we've all done what we've had to, it's not the same. Um, So I think so. I think there'll probably always be some people that probably aren't going to be comfortable with it. Right. Like that's, there'll be people that are like, Nope, I'm out. I don't need to do this. I'm in, you know, for all kinds of reasons. So it'll probably be yeah, years before it's back to what it was. Um, but, you know, people, you know, with our event center, um, you know, we've got weddings, we've got graduations, parties, we've got retirement parties. Like those are all going to happen. I mean, we also have to celebrate yeah. those parts, those important milestones in life. So yep. uh, hopefully kind of same thing. This probably spring, we'll probably get events going again and be ready for when people hopefully come on back. I had the pleasure of sampling the Surly Darkness Darkness line. Yeah. And it was wonderful. And also just the packaging was so cool. It was like a black 
foiled printing with bright colors. Like, how did you conceive of all that during COVID when it's a time where maybe you're like, did you need to stand out at retail? And so that's why you really pushed it that way. You know, it's trying to always, it trying to come up with something interesting, right? We've always, uh, I think on our packaging side, try to do some unique things. And with darkness itself, we choose a different artist every year, which is a weird thing to do in the beer business, but it's part of that creative process, which is so fun. So Bill Manley, um, who, who who runs our marketing department, does all of the the uh, kind of the ideation on the packaging. It's, it was an idea he'd had for a while. So he worked with the folks on Studio on Fire, which is the yep. uh, press shop real close to us, and they printed all those boxes. So it's great because it's working, you know, Bill's working with the artists, working with Studio on Fire, trying to find things that work, you know, because when they're in that involved, you know, like with that foil, like you're talking about everyone, you know, the artist and, and the producer, um, meaning Studio on Fire, they've really got to be on the same page of what's going to work in that particular application. So, yeah, really a fun way to do something different. You know, we've never really done the um, uh, variants uh, like that in the past. So uh, really kind of a fun new way to get something out there. What do you, you have started this business and I hope this doesn't come across as weird, but you seem to have taken a lot of shots, both personally and professionally. I think because you're big and people, you know, want to always have this idea of they need to take down the bigger person to make room for the little guy. I kind of have the opposite take on it. I think if you make room for the bigger guy, that makes more room for the little guy. Um, but you've taken a lot of hits personally with the union uh, vote. And do you take that personally? Like, do you go home and you're just like, man, you know, I'm just trying to brew beer here. Or do you just use it as a way to build your character and just keep going forward? Well, um, yeah, it's pretty impossible not to take it personal, I guess, all the, all the pieces. Um and, uh, you know, so I guess some of the things, you know, when we got the, when the, the Surly bill got done, you know, we had the option, we got offered a deal, which would just be for us. Um, and kind of the point for me at that time, I was like, listen, this isn't just for me. This is for the industry. Like it needs to get better. Um, and that's kind of how I've looked at it, you know, how we do things, um, you know, living through what we did with COVID. Um, yeah. I mean. A lot of people weren't happy the way things turned out, but it was everyone at the staff doing what they could to make the best decisions. I mean, business has been pretty, I guess one of my regrets is not, you know, as a business owner, you're supposed to be optimistic and always being a good leader and and, and letting everyone know things are going to be all right. But, you know, there's a time in there, things weren't all right and it was pretty bad and maybe not explaining that well enough to people didn't didn't make, didn't, wasn't, was a mistake. So yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's all, um, you know, personal to small, it's a family business. That's what it's always been. So, um, but you know, time goes on, you kind of realize where you made mistakes and try and do better. And that's all we can, all any of us can do is keep trying to do better. And, and knowing why we're making those decisions, hopefully making them for the right reasons. At the end of the day, that's kind of how you got to, get through it of like, I think you, know, you forget where you, you making the right decisions at the time with what you knew. I think you forget to, or people forget, like, you know, it's not like your target corporation, right? You don't have like 2000 people and HR and consultants and people that are writing these policy manuals. Like 
you guys have grown up in a very short period of time to be impacting lots of people, lots of livelihood, you know, your own, your own family, you're trying to take care of the people that are your investors, but also at the same time, be true to your employees and the people that have brought you here. It's sometimes an untenable job and you just have to do the best you can. And you talk about leadership, leadership comes through learning. Leadership comes through sometimes being taken the hard knocks, you know, and, and you don't always find yourself in this position of uh, always being the loved one, but you have to be the one that keeps moving it forward. I admire that you're learning something because I think that's how we get better. You know, we went from 30 employees to 300 in the course of a, you know, a month or so when we opened the new place up. And yeah, I mean, it goes back to that always trying to do the best you can with the information you have. You know, looking back, it's like, oh boy, I sh- should have done that differently. Obviously. Sure. But you know, there are lots of pieces like, yeah, but, you know, at the time it seemed like the right thing to do. And of course. The best thing to do. And I, and I think that's also definitely one of the pieces of trying to surround yourselves with other people that are really good at their job. Um, and our team has gotten really strong over the years. And that's definitely a, a point of pride, I think, for, for a lot of people on the team is keep trying to get better. And that's really made, that's really helped the company move forward yep. and, and through all of it. So yeah, it's, it's not always, it's not always easy and it's been strange because, you know, when things started off, we were definitely the darlings of the industry and could do no wrong. And, you know, not that much changed in my mind of how we went about things, but that's, you know, things then change. So yep. Uh, so here we are getting ready for spring. <laughs> yeah, and we're excited for it. I mean, my family, we're big fans of the beer. We think you have, we love the brewery. We love the area. We love supporting you guys. And, I, you know, I spread it out a little bit because I want to support the other guys too. Sure. But you consistently just make really, really good beer. So if well, that's your oh, jam you for that that's never that never gets old to hear but uh you know there's a lot of breweries in the twin city a lot of restaurants and i would definitely tell all your less listeners i think that they know that but they all need help you know keep going out yeah or do take out or do you know do something because there are a lot of people just trying to uh to get through this to the other side and hopefully we'll be there we can get there this uh this spring this summer right i hope so too you've got some concerts that have been announced so i'm hoping to sit on your patios and we do. We're going to have a bunch this summer, which are going to be super fun because I think that, that last year for a lot of us was sort of like the moment it felt like things were different. You know, when there's 5,000 people out there, like for the Ween show was just pretty spectacular. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what the brewery has been built for is people gathering and um, community and friends and people getting together. And that's kind of when Surly's at its best. So, um, yeah, we got a bunch of shows lined up this summer, so it's going to be great. All right, so we can find all that information on your website, I'm assuming. Yep, yep. Some of the shows, uh, yeah, we've announced probably uh, three or four shows, but not all of them. So there's some more coming. So so our website will have it. First Avenue um, is, is uh, you know, we partner with them to really take care of the ticket piece of it and the booking yep. that they do. So certainly First Ave is a spot, too, to check out uh, okay. what's going on, not just our shows, but all of them. Another Minnesota Another great Minnesota company, right? Yeah, I love working with them. They do such a great job too. So thanks for your time today, Omar. And I'm just, I'm glad to spend time with you and hopefully we'll get to the other side here before too long. We will. Yeah, I want to look forward to getting some pizza together again. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks. All right, thanks. Okay, bye-bye.